All right. I'm going to start this. Okay, start this. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where we uh, we talk about some beer with our fearless beer review. We uh, we get into our, our our new vinyl obsession and about what we talked what about what we Whoa. got this week, and then we round it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio at and uh, yeah, go give us five star rating and review on iTunes. Don't be a Bocephus. Don't be a dumbass and give us one star because fucking that guy's a fucking Bocephus. Idiot. Fucking Bocephus. Do not be a Bocephus. Such a please. little wiener. Exactly. Well, my name is Tyler, and way out there, way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Toy. Now, Jeff, let's just hop right into our, uh, into our uh, fearless beer review. So, what do you got today? What are you drinking Oof. tonight? Uh! Uh, so you sound like Zach from Rage. <laughs> anyway, go. Sorry, that was stupid. Uh, so I think you've had this before, and that's that's the reason why I picked it up. Um, I'm pretty sure you have, but this is a Pizza Port slash Beachwood collab mm-hmm. called Beach Retreat IPA. I think I have. Yeah, maybe. Pretty, like, yeah, I've had that one. Either on the pod or or y'all had it at the castle and you tagged me in it. And then I saw it I, there. I, I saw it, and there was you like two it. left, so I picked them both up. So yeah, I got a. Um, I like you probably I could have sworn you had it because we talked about like pizza port and like how great pizza port. And we always talk about great pizza port is, but Beachwood is also equally, maybe not equally, but also really great. Yes. Or it was. I don't know. One of them closed. One of the things well, closed. Right. They have well. They have, I think three different or two or three beers that they've collaborated on recently. Uh, so maybe so it wasn't been, this one specifically. Yeah, because there was like one called like South of the Pier or something like that. And I think there was one more, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Damn. But well, yeah. yeah uh, besides Chris and Pitts, Beachwood had the best barbecue sandwich I'd ever had in my life. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was surprisingly good. I, I was, I was blown away by how delicious it was. And it was, it was just spicy enough to where I noticed it, and it, it, it complemented itself. And but it wasn't too spicy to where I'm just eating like fucking peppers and shit. It was delicious. <laughs> so that's how I remember Beachwood. Um, uh, and you're comparing it to Chris and Pitts. Come on, dude. Chris and Pitts is a is an Orange County staple. It was. It was. There's an still County one staple. in Bell, isn't there? In Bellflower, but that one that's not Orange County, baby. That's LA County. That's basically Orange County. It's basically LA County because it's in LA County. That's like saying Pennywise are in Orange County, Ben. They're basically Orange County. So yeah, that's Whatever. that's what I got. This is uh I got a I got a tall boy here. It's a it's a it's a pint. A point. A point. Sixteen ounces. Um I don't know. What do you want from me? Seven and a half percent. It's made with Citra. 
Strata, Idaho 7, and Mandarina Hops. Two Dang, of those I've never you. heard of before. <laughs> Wait, Idaho 7? What? Yeah, I've never, <laughs> never even heard anything remotely like that. Oh, oh my God. I'm surprised you got it because you're you're not a an, an IPA man. Well, you always anymore. yell at me. You leave drinking milk coffee stout. Oh, what are you an idiot? Well, that's true. Oh, you, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, you I'm do tired. drink that a lot, so oh. <laughs> so it's not you know that crazy a thing. But uh, let's see here. What do we got? What do I got? What do I got, Jeff? What do I, I have? Know. I, I, I can't have. see. I'm 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 out here in the ether. <laughs> that's true. You are <laughs> such an idiot. <laughs> okay, so I have I went to BJ's today for dinner, uh, outdoor seating because uh, you know that's how was it? It was it sucked. It was awful, <laughs> and I I already told you the story, and it it was not a, not the greatest experience. And uh, man, dude, shit needs to open up again, and it needs to be normal again. It's just stupid, but anyway. I went there, and uh, as I walked in, I noticed, oh, there's a new beer in the cooler, six-pack of it. So I looked at it. I'm like, oh, this is right up my alley. It's a, it's a hazy. Oh, it's a, uh, It's a BJ's first hazy IPA. It's called Zany Zitrus Hazy IPA, New England-style IPA. It's 7.4%. Uh, got a six-pack of it, 12 ounces each can from BJ's Brewhouse, brewing since 1996. Certified craft. What is that? What is that stupid logo? This the upside down bottle thing. Yeah, the upside down bottle. Independent that thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and the the guy on the label or the the picture on the label, the guy looks like Mike, friend of the pod, Mike. <laughs> looks just like him. So yeah, there you go. I'm excited to try this. I didn't have this at BJ's today. I just bought the six pack and I had my uh, my normal go to beer at BJ's. But yeah, so this will be this will be a first for me and probably for many. And even when I asked the girl, the waitress, I said, "Oh, can I get a six pack of that that new hazy IPA?" And she's like, oh, "We don't have. We only have two kinds of IPAs." And I said, "No, Idiot. there's a new one." I saw as I walked in. She's like, I, "I don't know. Maybe I'll go double check with my manager." And then she came back. She's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. We just got it in like two days ago. Oh, yeah. oh, so oh, I didn't oh. even know we had it." This is my first day. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked. No, up. she was a very nice girl. She was very very nice. So I don't want to talk shit on her, but she was very, very nice to us. Great server. That's, I don't remember that's, her name, though. That's nice. I think it was Sonia or something. I don't know. But Sonia? Anyway, Sonia? I think that's what it was. Sonia Blade? Sonia Blade. No way. No, it wasn't. Oh. Who's Sonia Blade? From Street Fighter. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's... Shut up. Shit. All right. Oh, no, you got so, yours? No. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, let me correct what? myself. That is not from Street Fighter. She's from Mortal Kombat. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I, I I spoke too soon. I apologize. Wait, who's Nina? Is Nina from Street Fighter? No, Nina was from um, Tekken. Or Tekken? Or? No, yeah, she's from Tekken. You're yeah. right. You're right. N- Nina was Tekken. Who was who was the girl in in Street Fighter? Then I totally forgot. Um. Oh, the girl that that wanted to. She hated though the girl from Billy Madison who played the the love interest of Johnny Cage in the movie. Johnny Cage. Fuck. Johnny Cage is Mortal Kombat. Oh, now I'm just seeing. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of is the movie now. I have no idea. The only the only female person uh, I can know of is Chun-Li from Street Fighter. But wasn't there a white girl in it too? Or am I just totally, you know, talking out of my ass? Probably that, but I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, Are we ready to drink our beers? There's we, we there's there's Blanca. <laughs> 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 that was that was Street Fighter, right? <laughs> it was Street Fighter, yes. Yeah, let's let's drink oh, these so let's dumb. drink these beers okay, here. Here we go. Ooh, that's a giddy. <laughs> that's a giddy. It's a pretty good haze, man. Not the best haze, but it's pretty solid. <laughs> so, so you since you're not an IPA man, what do you, what do you what do you like about this one? It's you know I I like you said I don't drink them like ever really. I can't even I don't even remember the last time I had an IPA, but I, it's not it's not insanely hoppy. And so, given that, what else is there going to be? If you're not if you're not hitting me with the hops, and what else am I going to taste? There's a little bit of citrus here, a little bit of fruit, and so I think they kind of balance each other out because you're getting kind of a a nice a nice forest. You're getting the the, the pine cones from the IPA, but you're also <laughs> okay, getting yes. like citrus from from the from the flavor in this. I think it's I think it's good. It's like a it's like walking into a an orchard. That also has like pine trees. An orchard with pine trees. Who would have thought? Or imagine like an orange that grew on a pine tree and you've been into that. Oh, that sounds okay. so fucking I like good, this. actually. <laughs> Did if you refrigerate your oranges, do you refrigerate oranges? I mean, you're supposed to. I mean no, I my I always to. did growing up. No, you don't. You don't need. I mean, we, I, we always did growing up. Does God refrigerate oranges as they're growing? No. Why would you refrigerate oranges? See, but if you refrigerate oranges, you, you refrigerate grapes. Like nice no. Yes, you do. You don't refrigerate. Of course, grapes, you do. Nah. Yes, you, don't you do. Any fruit. No. You refrigerate maybe, maybe grapes. watermelons, uh, grapes. maybe melons, and grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Groot? I said groups. <laughs> groups, okay. Yeah. No, hey, you know, that's it is what it is, I guess. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> don't say that. Uh, okay. science, though. But it's good. Uh, it's delicious. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you, you like it and I'm glad you're getting back to your normal self drinking IPAs again. I'm glad it's happening. It's been many, many, many years since I've I've been an exclusive. Getting rid of those nasty stouts. I remember for a while too, like at downtown Fullerton, I was an exclusive um, arrogant bastard drinker. Oh yeah, I mean I think everyone was when that beer came out. But then I everyone grew up and, and grew out of the IPA phase, so that's all right. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, no, you you think you grew up? You think <laughs> you grew out of it? I'm sorry, but you really didn't. You, you're just trying to be different. You're trying to be hipster, you know. We've all been through that phase. You'll get out of that phase. Don't worry about it. Anyway, my hazy's good. It's solid. Not the best. Not the worst. Uh, I'd go back to it if I went to the restaurant, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't get it to go again. I'd rather get a couple of the other beers before this one to go at least. Uh, so yeah, we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer but you should give it a try, and zero is a drain pour. Now, Jeff, what do you got? What is your rating on your beer? Um, I haven't finished it yet. My problem here is is I think that if it, the warmer it gets, the, the less kind of like diminishing returns as far as the, the coldness. I fear I'm not going to like it as much. But right now, I mean, I, this is a solid 
Whew, look at you. Easy. Look at you go. I like that. I like that. I'm glad I'm glad you're uh you're branching out. I'm really happy about it. I'm gonna give this one a solid two point two. Not the greatest beer, but still solid pretty good. 2.2. Solid two point two. So that's what I that's what I'm giving this this hazy. Uh so yeah. So Jeff gave his a perfect three. I give mine a two point two. And um, I guess it's just it's just time to move on to the uh, vinyl stuff, right? Yeah, stuff we got this week. Yeah. So what do you got? What did you pick up this week? Probably a lot of shit. <laughs> for crazy. Like a lot of like garbage. Or just like a lot of stuff. Just a lot of stuff. So I'm I'm gonna try right. and yeah I'm well, I, well no I also know you picked up a lot of garbage. No. Like two thousand. Oh yeah, so I, I've been into this thing where I buy bulk vinyl and just pick through it and then sell the rest off, or at least just to get my money back. But we picked up two thousand records for like two hundred bucks, and I, I figured there's got to be something in there. There's got to be some bangers in there. There wasn't. <laughs> That's remarkable. It is That's truly remarkable. I pulled out. I pulled out. I think twenty four records, and Sloan pulled out like twenty two. That we kept, and this was even like uh, I guess I'll like I pulled out Kenny Rogers, the Gambler. I, okay. I was like, I like That's one a classic, song. Though. Okay, I get. I fucking don't care. <laughs> you fucking picked up Meatloaf. Get the fuck out of here. Because that was a dollar, and I had to. And it was like this the third is less high, than this a is like dollar. The third highest selling album of all time, but there was a bunch of box sets, and I thought box sets would be worth money, but um, they're not. They're fucking worthless. They are, they are garbage, and and there's just a lot of, a lot of trash. So now we're just kind of scrambling, hoping to even just make our money back or take a take take a minimal loss. But um, I mean, regardless, I'll probably just either if if worse worst case scenario push comes to shove, we'll just donate to a church or something or give them a good. I don't want to just throw them away. Yeah, I can't bring myself to throw any record away. That's just sad. Yeah, it does seem really sad. Um, but I also ordered a bunch of stuff. Not ordered, but I, I picked up a bunch of stuff. I I, I was in this um, this surf phase for for a minute. I still kind of am, but so I mm-hmm. I, I picked up uh, an album by the Surfaris, by the Ventures, and then Jan and Dean. The Jan and Dean one's a live one, but uh, it's pretty damn good. And the Ventures are kind of just like a cover band almost, essentially. So that was cool. I also picked up a Swamp Rock by the Ventures, where they just do like a bunch of Swamp Rock, including a bunch of CCR songs. So that's rad. I dig that. And then um, okay. I finally listened to Debrat. I bought that oh, one God. like weeks ago. That? It was good. It was solid. <sighs> it was surprisingly good. I had very, very low, if any, expectations for it. I thought it was going to be garbage, but it was pretty damn cool. It was pretty much exactly what you would expect from that era of hip hop and and it was it was I had a great time with it. Uh I also finally listened to a Grandmaster Flash one that I've, I I bought like fucking a month ago. Don't know why. I think I I've been saving like bulk hip hop to listen to in one sitting. And so that's oh, okay. I guess that's why but um this one was damn good too. His album The Source. It also was I it, imagine it was it would be. He's like the best of that era. Yes. You can't it, fuck with Grandmaster Flash. This was like supposedly one of like a bad album that he had done too. But I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was phenomenal. And it was it was it was good stuff. Um I also picked up 
Funkadelic and their their album Funkadelic, and that was cool because I I'd gotten another one from Barnes and Noble that was half off, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Funkenstein, and that was that was really cool. And I said, like, you know, they can they can they can be better though, and <laughs> damn, dude, like they were. It was so fucking cool. It was so good. Like every everything you hear about Funkadelic and everything you think that they are, like this this album this album was it. This is this is what they sound like. Yeah, it was solid. I highly recommend that you pick it up if you ever see it. All right. And then I went to the thrift store and I picked up this this thing for dollars by the group uh, the Fat Boys, Mm -hmm. hip hop group in the eighties. They had one pretty big album, but I picked up their third album. And it got pretty shit reviews, so I was I was a little worried. But it was a dollar, so I was like, who fuck cares? But damn, another banger. <laughs> another banger. These guys are so awesome. They do a lot of like early beatboxing, which inspired guys like Bismarcky and, and pretty much anybody who beatbox after them. They're very yeah. self-deprecating, very fun. Imagine like the BC Boys, but with beatboxing and just a little bit more uh, kind of like simple. More, more, more simple. Okay. More simple. Not, not as extravagant. Not talking over each other, but very calm, very, very smooth. That, that does. I mean, I'd, I'd be into that. I definitely would. It just, it sucks because I can never find any hip hop here, unless they're twelve inches. I can never find full lengths. Yeah. Unless, unless I want to pay like thirty-five to forty-five bucks for like a Dr. Dre record or N.W.A. or whatever, you know. Rarely find anything for like twenty or even less. Dude, the thrift store like never has anything substantial, and so I bought three. I bought two R and B records and then one of the hip hop, the Fat Boys. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to R and B yet, but um, they're all a dollar, and it's it's just like even if they're garbage, it's a dollar. You know what I mean? It's a dollar. You're not it's really a fucking out dollar much. So that yeah. that was pretty cool. I was happy with that purchase. Um, I've, I'm still in this this uh, prog rock kick, and I've even added one more category to my my genres, and that is prog rock. I, I made another tab wow. for prog, and I got about twenty twenty five albums in there. I never thought I would see the day that it's that you get into prog rock and just and it, fully prog embrace rock it of of any of any era. It's crazy. Oops, I didn't mean to play that. How was that? It's your pick, man. Spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I picked up Prog Rock. Uh, Jethro Tull is is the new one that I listened to. I picked up the first album. This was. I, th- mm-hmm. I thought I want to start at the beginning of Jethro because I had a best of. And I liked every song there, but that was you know best of. Obviously, you're probably gonna like every song there. And so I also picked up a Passion Play because it was like six bucks, and I was like, okay, this looks interesting. And I was blown away, man. Like that was, if we had an album of the year of just stuff that we picked up, like this is in my top five already. What the I was, fuck? I was absolutely like the story behind it, the concept, everything, just how meticulous it was crafted, the thought process behind it, how low expectations I even have for Jethro Tull. Like just how many people make fun of, you know, <laughs> like anybody that yeah. plays any kind of woodwind elongated instrument, you, they're always being made fun of. They go, okay, cool, Jethro. And so it's just like Jethro is always the butt of jokes, but holy fuck, they're good. And the fact that they, they won the Grammy over Metallica for best metal or best hard rock performance. But they were better. That's the point. That's the no, point. but they beat them for like one, the song one. Oh, fuck one. one. Half of one is good. The other half is garbage. 
and they were they it was so shocking that the band didn't even Jethro Tull didn't even show up to the Grammys because they didn't think that they'd even win, <laughs> so they didn't even show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's rad though. Okay. All right, and so then the I guess almost like the most proggy thing I've listened to is is my pick of the week. I I, I listen to a lot of music this week. I'm not going to go into all of it. This is just like the highlights. Okay, but right. I, I I think the most proggy thing that I listened to was was Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. Is he from Jethro Tull or is he from what's his relation? No, he's just he's just he's just a dude that uh, that made that made uh, that made music that made fucking weird music he started playing when he was very very young this was recorded when he was 19 and this was the first record that virgin Records signed this was the first record they released and this this record kind of took a while to get popular but when it got popular like it got really popular and thus kind of cemented virgin at this time into like the upper echelon of record labels so this record essentially helped virgin become virgin wow as we know Shit. it was he um did he play all the instruments on on the track <laughs> yeah did he really yeah no he played like Fuck. fucking everything i think maybe like one or two instruments were, were done by by other people but everything else i mean we're talking from like woodwinds to brass to, to to guitars to everything he played and it's he was 19 fucking that, 19 that, that like boggles my mind it's annoying like, this shit's fucking cool, but and for a nineteen-year-old to do it, and on the first, because the song I picked is is track two, the second side. There's only two songs; they're both like twenty, twenty-five minutes long. The first side, uh, it was part of it was used in the movie The Exorcist. Okay, and so that's partly why it became like really, really popular and really big as well. So yeah, you know, oh, that's so. Did we you? Got, we got to play it then. right? Did you end up listening to the whole thing? No, I only I only listened to this one. Oh, I put it on. I mean, you know, like I'm the, like, whole, oh, the whole song. Oh, yeah. No, I listened to this whole song. So I, I get like two minutes in and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, I, I wonder how much I have left. <laughs> like, dude, I got like 20 minutes left. And I'm just like, holy shit, this song is insanely long. Uh, that that really caught me off guard because that's another thing, too. Like, you don't like long songs. Like, you don't like songs that are more than four minutes long. I don't like shit that drags out. And then you throw me this fucking 23 minute and 11 second song or a 23 minute and 17 second song. Dude, I, I just know, man. It's insane. I'm it's insane. I'm all about so, the prog. I, I still don't get it. <laughs> I don't like I like prog rock, but for you to get into it is just another another level. Like you're finally evolving. It's shocking that it took this long, but it's you're evolving. It's. I, I feel like the proggiest I've I've ever really been would be like Coheed <laughs> and the Mars Volta. Yeah, but that didn't last. I mean, it was only like a year or two that I was really into them, and and then it's been kind of off and on since then. But you've never really been into Coheed. Oh, dude, good you know, Apollo. Want to consider them like, dude? That you were way more. You've been way more into the Mars Volta than you were that Coheed album. No way. Don't don't no be acting way. a fool. Right no now. way. Don't be acting a fool. There was even a time where I could play like the first three tracks from from that album on guitar. Jeff, oh, that's all I play. you think you think you did? Okay, you think you did. Anyway, I'm gonna play uh, this song. I'm gonna play part of this song, a very small part of this song, 
uh, Tubular Bells Part Two from uh, what, Mike Old Oldfield. Here we go. Or not? Sick. Sick. Tubular Bells Part 2 from Mike Oldfield. This song is like, it has so many ups and downs too. Like that was, that was just a very, very small portion of this expansive song. It was <laughs> great though. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. You could probably find this Absolutely fantastic. for like 6 or $7. It's, Ooh, it's cheap. I don't know. No, I think I'd, I'd rather no. just come across it in the wild no. somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Like in in the wild, you could pick it up oh, for like okay. six or seven dollars. But then I'm kind of wondering, like, where, what, what section would it even be in? Um, I don't know. And unless like the the store had like a prog section with, which there is one store I've been to that does have a prog section. Which one? But it's very small. Moldy Toes down ah. in San Clemente. So, yeah. So there's that. So there you go, Mike Oldfield. With tubular bells part two. Tubular? So that's all you got. That's all that's all that's all you want to talk about there, huh? Oh, I mean we can we can we can keep going with my, my new prog obsession. <laughs> I, I again I, I think yes is the is the greatest prog band of all time. I think they are just absolutely unbelievable. And that's what really really got me started with the uh with the prog stuff. Because I've always liked what I've heard from Yes dating back to my yeah. virgin days, if we're gonna keep it in house here but once i actually listen to it because i've never listened to an entire album maybe more than like once or twice by yes it's always one or two or three songs but those songs are like mm. seven minutes long but once I, I i got my record player and i put on one yes album i was like damn this is 
this is fucking rad. This is so cool. This is just like, let me sit back and tell me a story. And that's, that's essentially what it is. And that's why I love that passion yeah. so much from, from Jethro was just, let me sit back and tell me a story and just make it fucking weird and, and just bizarre. And they yeah, did. It's true. And they did. It's what I did too. Yeah. Cause you bought it too. Yeah. Might as well just jump into that right now then. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I picked up Jethro Toll's a passion play on Jeff's, uh, Jeff's advice. While I was at the record store, he's like, yeah, if it's there, you should definitely pick it up. So I did. It was seven bucks, cheap stuff. So I picked it up, put it on. I thought it was fantastic. The only low point for me was the, um, like the, 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 like the spoken word part. The speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it was too much. Like if it was like 30, 45 seconds, it would have been fine, but it was like four minutes. Yeah. It, It ended, it ended side A and began side B. Which would could be a cool concept, but it was just like it was it was know, just, it was broken. It was a little disjointed. Yeah, it was, and it didn't. I felt like it took more than it it gave. Okay. So I I feel like it would have been better without it. But uh, regardless of that, I liked some of the I liked the lot side B a little bit better because I felt like there were, from what I remember, there were more. It was more like woodwinds that he was using more of the flute, and it just I don't know the way he was playing and the songwriting on on side B I thought was just a lot stronger. It was a good, great album, fantastic album. Was it worth the six dollars? Oh, hundred percent, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It was weird because when you told me, because I was looking, because the store I was at, they have like a little section just for new releases that they got, like used and new. So I was just sifting through that, and then um, every time I walk in, like right when you walk in, there's there's shelves, and Jethro Toll is like right there in the front. Like that's where his placard, where the placard is, is right there in the front, and so I always see the cover to Aqualung mm. every ah. day, every t- every time I go in, the cover to Aqualung, and I'm always like, that's a really cool cover. Yeah, like I've I've almost bought it just based off of that cover. It's like their biggest album. Did. It is. No, I looked it up too after I listened while well, I was listening to this record, and uh, and then you. So I was looking through the new releases, and that and when you told me a, pa- a passion play, literally, that was the first day I walked in and. Aqualung wasn't in the front, but a passion play was. Damn. So it was just there was this weird coincidence that you told me to pick that one up, and it was literally sitting right there in the like right in front of me. That's first fate, record, dude. There. That is fate. It was weird. There is no After fate seen, in what you make. I've been going there for like over a month, and every time I go, every week, it's always been Aqualung. But that one day this week, it was a passion play. Super how, weird. How much was Aqualung? Aqualung was like I think it was like. Ten dollars? You fucking sitting on Aqualung? Still... Just fucking buy it. <laughs> well, I wanted to listen to this first before I, I took the plunge and got Aqualung. Fucking guy. Fucking guy. So I got that. Uh, I also got Wu Tang Clan. Got their Enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers. Ah, and you're disappointed. I mean, no, I, I mean I wasn't disappointed. Obviously with the music, but it, after what you had told me and everything and the whole story behind it, I can see where certain parts sound kind of flat and the volume is very low or the mastering is very low. So I, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, the music just, it totally makes up for it. Totally, I mean, it just, there's lucky, kind of forget about it. They're lucky that it's so damn good. Cause if, if yeah. it was like anything else, if it was like the chronic, I'd be, I'd be a little upset. If it was, if it was like anything, any other of these big bangers that, that came out during that era, I'd be upset, but damn, it's still a fine this album. Album's too good. <laughs> this album's too good. So, yeah, I felt like I I kind of forgot about it and got past it, 
very very quickly so and i've listened to that this record has probably been the one i've no not the most i've listened to this week but the second most was has been this wu-tang album that's your first that's that's your first hip-hop album right Mm, the first hip-hop album i've got i bought a hip-hop album but i'm still waiting for it in the mail which one did you buy run the jewels baby rtg4 that's right that's right that's right oh that's gonna be Mm -hmm. such a fucking banger when it comes out i know i can't wait was that like September seventeenth cool. or eighteenth when it comes out? Yeah, it's or only in a couple it, weeks. Yeah, so I'm stoked. Um, so and then the, this next one I got is I probably listened to this one more than any record this week, pretty much like every day, and uh, and it's Martin Denny and his album Exotica. This one, um, I almost wanted to take a song from this as my album of the week or as my song of the week, but I don't know. The one I chose, I felt it was like more. It's more fun, more fun, I guess. But Martin Denny, he uh, he he created this genre called exotica, and what it essentially is, it's it's like tiki jazz music or or jazz tiki music, and just kind of very kind of loungy or and stuff like that. And he he started this genre back in the uh, the late fifties with this record, and then a lot of people just started you know copying the style like Les Baxter and stuff like that. But Martin Denny was the was the original, and he put out a shit ton of records up through the '80s, and then he kind of like stopped doing stuff in the '90s, and I think he passed away in 2005, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, no, he was the pioneer of this style, and um, and I fucking love the style of music, man. It is so good, it's so <laughs> fucking good, man. I I just I cannot tell you how much I love this, and I got turned on to it because the the guy at the record store that I go uh, that I go to. I was like, oh, what's this section called Exotica? Like, I've, I've always seen it, but I never knew anything about it. And, uh, and so we, he was tell, talking to me about it. He's like, oh, yeah, you hear this music that's, that was playing right now, that was playing in the store? Like, yeah, he's like, oh, this is actually Exotica music. I'm like, oh, this is so rad. And, he's like, and I said, well, what do you recommend? You know, who should I pick up first? He said, Martin Denny, 100%, is the, the number one. And then he named off a few others. So then, yeah, I picked up Exotica. And it was fucking killer. All recorded all in Hawaii. And uh, yeah, good stuff, man. I highly recommend it. It was like five dollars. I'll probably look look for it next time I go out. I will be tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then look for some of this stuff. But I think it's good. But do you think you like it more because you're in this weird like tiki no, Hawaiian dude, I, phase? No, I, maybe a little bit. But for, for the listeners, like you are you you and the boys that you, that you live with. You're in this weird tiki. Or pretty much just Mike and I. It's just Mike and I. It's but it's so fucking bizarre. Like I don't understand. <laughs> I know. You're like crafting. We bought, we bought these like cocktails. We bought these nice tiki mugs. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. So like you even got little umbrellas. Yeah. You put little umbrellas in your drinks. Well, no, the umbrellas came with our drinks because we, we. Oh, ate, okay. There's there's this place called the Monsoon Room, and uh, and I guess that it's it's known for their tiki. It's a tiki bar. But because of everything going on, they're not really open. So this guy, what he, the owner, what he does is he, he puts up orders once a week and they sell out every week. So he makes like batches of all these cocktails and then he, he delivers them himself all over uh, like Orange and, uh, Orange County and L.A. County. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Like every, he, he'll he'll put up the pre-order like on Tuesdays usually and it sells out within like a few hours. That's and crazy. Then, I know. And then on Saturday, he spends the day delivering everything and he delivers the the drinks like already mixed and made like in in like 
plastic containers and then he'll he'll drop <laughs> off a colorful even, like legal <laughs> 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 I don't know and then and then so so it's in those plastic containers and then he puts straws in there for you like colored straws he puts umbrellas in there for you uh stickers and um coasters so oh and he, he he drops off a, a bag of crushed ice to you as well, dude. So your your dumb tea obsession is is not just on the like surface. It's, it's, it seems weird and bizarre, but you're actually supporting like a <laughs> like a cool small business in the in like the, exactly. the area you live in. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were ordering all this shit from like Amazon. This is this is this no. Solid. I mean, we I, ordered I, the tiki. We ordered we ordered our tiki mugs from uh, from Amazon. But uh, but no, the the drinks themselves they come from the monsoon room, and then when when the guy because every he he does it most weeks, but every once in a while he he doesn't I guess. So the weeks that he hasn't, or when we want to drink more tiki drinks, Mike makes um, Mike makes his own called the painkiller, which is one of the ones that the guy makes from the monsoon room. So Mike just like replicates it, the recipe. And uh, so yeah, that's what we've been doing. And then this this last on Saturday, I brought the record player out in the living room and. We listened to this, this album Exotica and drank her tiki drinks. So <laughs> it was I so mean, cool. J- I, as an outsider, it, it would it yeah. would stand to reason that possibly this newfound love for the genre could be, you know, it, it could be furthered by by your newfound love for these this tiki thing. It could be, but you say that's nothing I've to do like, with it. I mean, I've always been interested in this stuff because of like the stuff that tiger Army's put out. Cause they're very in the past, like six or seven years, they've been very much into that kind of like old Tiki Americana, that, that style. So I've always been interested in it and wanted to get into it, like the style of music and everything, but I never really knew where to start. So it's like when this guy at the record store said, you know, this is what exotica music is. I was like, okay, m- this is my gateway into, this is how I'm going to get into it. Cause I didn't really know where to look. I, I also didn't bother to do any research, but yeah, it's just kind of where it what? where it started, and that's a good place to start it's, at it's the great. beginning. That's true. Yeah, the guy who created it, Martin Denny. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and also this album Exotica, he uh, he he recorded it <laughs> twice. The, the <laughs> first time he recorded it, Jesus Christ! <laughs> there you go. So the first time he recorded it was was in um, he recorded it all in mono. And then I, I forgot somebody said or like the label or something. Somebody said that you should re-record it, but in stereo. That way we can we can we can market it in both both areas. So he re-recorded the entire album in stereo. But he said that. But Martin Denny did say like in the end the mono version is much better because he said that performance that performance of that version is just a lot better because it was like more in the moment. And they weren't trying to recreate something that was already there, mm. so he said. Like the he said, if anything, people should buy the mono version over the stereo. But I have the stereo. But if I come across a mono version, I'm going to pick it up. But it was like five bucks. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. So then I also got another Martin Denny record. I got a live a live record called In Person. It's his. It's one of it was one of his performances that was recorded in Hawaii, and uh, it was solid, man. It was so good. He has his band, like his his orchestra, his his jazz band and stuff. It's so good, so damn good. Okay. So I got that. Uh, then I also got Sergio Mendez and the Brazil '66. <laughs> got another one of those. Got this one based off of not only the Brazil '66 because I feel like that's better than the '77, but uh, 
I got their album Equinox because it has like the cool. It has such a cool cover, cool album artwork. It looks like very psychedelic. So I got that. Listened to it. I, it was solid. I mean, it was good. It was it was what I expected from the other '66 one I have. Equinox. So Sergio Mendez. Oh, Equinox. Equinox. Because yeah. because Styx also has an album called Equinox. No, oh, do they? Yeah, and it's a good album. Is it good? Yeah. No. Not as good as Sergio Mendez. Probably though. not. <laughs> but it's still pretty good. But yeah, so I got that one. Solid stuff. I got uh, another another Exotica album called uh, Stanley Black, or it's from Stanley Black and his orchestra, and it's called Exotic Percussion. It's uh, it's 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 really good. I really liked it too. But it's not as like exciting as Martin Denny. It's more subdued than the the Martin Denny stuff that I got. But it's still really good. So and that was like four. No, this one was a dollar. That one was a dollar in the bargain bin. I would really like to. Um, that was good. To to figure out why they named it Exotica, like just on the, I don't know really anything it's, about that, but it's just like, hey, we have this cool style of music. I don't know what to call it. Well, it's kind of exotic. It's not. It's not American music. Let's call it exotic because it sounds like porn. It it does because that's how we view exotic, like exotic dancers and everything. But I was I looked it up too, and the reason why they call it is ex- exotic is exactly what you said it's because it's jazz music but it has world influences like stuff that people don't normally hear in american culture thrown in it into a jazz setting so like on this on the exotica record there's like two songs on there that are that have a lot of like a asian or like japanese instrument or chinese instruments on it so it has more of that feel to it but then there's like the hawaiian stuff so he he jumps around a lot on the record but it still flows really well as a cohesive album but yeah, that, that's why they call it exotica because it's it's jazz music, but with a flair, with, with a with world an exotic flair. flair. Exactly. So that's why it's called that. Oh, okay. And then that eventually let the the exotica genre eventually led into what we know today as modern uh, lounge music yeah. that started like in the early '90s, the lounge the lounge scene. But that was that was that was the evolution of exotica. So there you go. Cha. That's what I got. Uh, Nat King Cole. I got a record from from that from him. Uh, Nature Boy. It was good, man. I, I liked it. I think it's a comp though. If I'm not mistaken, it might be a comp, but you got it was good. I listened to it. You got like two Nat King Cole comps coming your way. So maybe, unless you see anything he's done in like the Spanish realm, maybe hold off mm-hmm. on the Nat King Cole. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm I'm not gonna go crazy with. With Nat King Cole but right yeah, now, he's but. he he is he is damn good. Damn. Yeah, good. man, I, I I thought the record was great. Uh, I got Henry Belafonte, his uh, Belafonte at Carnegie Hall, Carnegie Hall, the double LP. I I don't know, I was a little underwhelmed. His first to be concert, honest. his first concert. I just was a little underwhelmed. I, it wasn't bad. It's just he did too. I know this was, this I this is on me. This is on me because I told you, look out for him, buy him. I know it was cheap, but it was two dollars, so I'm not complaining. It's, it's kind of interesting because people think that this concert was better than his second, his return. The album is called "Return mm-hmm. to Carnegie Hall," but the second one has more guest mu- vocalists, more guest musicians. It's more fun. The interaction mm-hmm. with the crowd is more. Um, it's not so one sided between Harry and the crowd. It's it's like we're we we as as a listener are also there with him, and it's, it's kind of fun like that. And the songs are better. 
So the second the okay. second concert, the return to Carnegie Hall, even I told you the first one was good, the second one is better. I'm telling you, dude. Please, if you see it, pick it up. If it's if it's like five dollars or less, I'll pick it up. Oh yeah. I, It'll always be five dollars or less. <laughs> that's what I that's what I figured. I got this one for two dollars. I billions. think it was only two dollars because it was a double LP. But yeah, so I got that one. Uh what else did I get? I got Santana's uh how do you how do you pronounce this caravan? Caravan, caravan. I, I'll just call it caravan. I don't know. Yeah, That's I'll just call it caravan. Yeah, I got that one. I mean, it's not nearly as good as Abraxas and the, his first album, but it's still pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. But you can kind of see like what he was doing on those first two records, like kind of going away from that, and that kind of sucked. There's, those first two records are amazing. So like, there's very heavy like jazz influence. Kind of in that yeah. area because I I now have their first six plus the live they did with Buddy Miles after like three I think but yeah. there's like heavy jazz influence in that era but even though like you would think like dude Carlos Santana like doing a lot of jazz stuff that's really good he excels when it's like that Latin blues stuff oh yeah that, the, I mean that's his the, thing yeah the jazz stuff is great but dude like I think Abraxas is like their their best. They're oh, best. 100%. Braxis is remarkable, remarkable album. And the the beginning of this Caravan album, I it sounded it was it's weird that you mentioned the jazz thing too because it reminded me a lot of like the Exotica music I was listening to as well because it starts out with like the uh, like like the animal sounds a little bit because that's a lot of Exotica music has that like it's very it has that kind of Brazilian vibe with like the animal sounds. Okay mixed with the jazz so it kind of that's how that's what this reminded me of i thought that was kind of interesting that i just happened to pick up this record when i've been so like into that style of music but fate anyway, man there is no fate but what you make i guess that's true it's from terminator uh, i got jeff's favorite it's from what Ter- terminator <laughs> oh you're so dumb uh, so i got jeff's favorite credence clearwater revival album uh, i got pendulum pendulum is uh pick that one up solid fucking record like you know it's a great record sure definitely better than mardi gras Uh, um, yeah so i picked it up cheap it was it was a good used version plays great no skips barely any pops great stuff uh got what do i got i got pink floyd i got their record a saucer full of secrets this is the first one with David Gilmore and the last one to feature Sid Barrett, the original singer. Mm. Uh, so it's her second record. If you don't, if you've never heard it, it's fantastic. Most of it, most of the records written by Roger Waters and Nick Mason, but uh, Gilmore has a couple writing credits, and then Sid Barrett has a writing credit on the last song. But uh, but yeah, so it was the last the last time the band was a five piece, or the only time the band was a five piece, was this uh, was this album. I put for a very brief moment. I put. Um, I only have Dark Side of the Moon, and I, I put that under 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 my prog section. That's that sounds about right. Because I I degaff, and I feel like they fall kind of in that that territory. They fall more in prog than they do classic rock, but then they also have like a lot of short songs. But what about like heavy metal? Heavy metal, what? Because I oh the album metal yeah. Or the genre heavy metal. Well, I guess both. But oh no, well, the Pink Floyd record is called metal, like M E D D L E. Okay. But 
I, I, I mean, I would, I would put it under Prague, for sure. Uh, all, right. All, right, all right, right, right. I, I think you're safe. You're safe with that one. But yeah, I got that one. I, I found, I've come to the point where like, Pink Floyd, their records, like you might as well just buy them new, because, they're the quality is essentially the same as like I guess like the remastered ones from 2009, which are straight from the tape, the original tapes, the masters. And then also, if you look at like on Discogs, even like older pressings of it, they're they're going for like at least forty, fifty, sixty dollars. And I'm like, why not? I, I could spend twenty four or twenty five dollars for a brand new Pink Floyd record and not have to worry about any skips or like fucked up cover, and it still sounds fucking great. So, yeah, I, I'm just I'm still pick, I'm just picking up new new stuff. I feel like Dark Side of the Moon is is still like one of the most repressed albums of all time cuz even even that. people that don't even care for for rock music in general they know dark side of the moon they know the cover they know who it is they know it's pink floyd and a lot of times when yeah. cuz i mean i search offer up a lot for for bulk deals and when people are selling like bulk pop music or bulk i don't know the jazz dark side of the moon's always in there Oh yeah, like everybody fucking buys it's it. It's fucking everywhere, yeah. But he, but I, and I think that's why, like, when you when you buy that record new, it's fairly cheaper than the other Pink Floyd records. It's like the more, the more obscure the the re- the Floyd record is, the more expensive it's going to be, which is really annoying. Except for the Wall, the Wall's always expensive, but that's a double LP. So, but yeah, so I got that one, a Saucer Full of Secrets. Um, I also got Motorhead's Ace of Spades, baby. Oh yeah, oh, it's so good, man. I've I've I rocked this one a few that. times this week. So fucking good, but we'll get into that later in a few weeks. So just throwing that one out there. I uh, I got from program. I went to program yesterday with, with a friend of the pod, Mike, and uh, picked up a Bleeding Through record. Picked up their album Declaration. We came home. We actually listened to it like right when we got home, and dude, it, that. That album just like punches you in the fucking face. <laughs> oh, it's 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 dude, bleeding through our great hardcore band. I know you're not really a fan of them, but dude, they fucking they're in, they're insane. They're so good. One of the greatest. No, I'd say he probably like the greatest drummer in like hardcore music for sure, hundred percent. I mean, the guy I, is amazing hardcore drummer. When I think of just hardcore music, bleeding through is, is definitely in like a top three. Like they're just straight up through and through. Uh, it's just there's not enough variety there for me. And I yeah, it's uh, a lot of. It wasn't my scene in high school, so there's no nostalgia atta- attached for me. So it's just purely kind of like a objective eye <laughs> ear, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, there's 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 not enough for me there. But if I'm ever in the mood just for like fucking straight up hardcore music, where I think if I jumped in the pit, I'd probably get a concussion. Bleeding through is definitely one of the top three I'm gonna put on. I mean, it makes sense. The first time I ever like really hurt myself at a at a show was a bleeding through show, and that was a year ago, <laughs> or a year and a half ago. It took it took me 32 years to get hurt at a show, and it was a fucking bleeding through show. But damn, it was so worth it. It was so good. Ah, so damn good. So good. And then uh, what? So good. So good. And then I got I got it I got one today actually in the mail I ordered this a few days ago and uh, I just been, I've been wanting this record ever since this is like one of my my the records I really wanted when I started collecting 
and I've been watching like on Discogs and everything and like I just bought it new because everything everything used and like older pressings are going for like seventy, eighty dollars, but the new new ones are going for way cheaper. So I picked up uh Jorge Ben, picked up his record Africa Brazil. He's mm. like one of the the most well known, one of the greatest Brazilian artists. And um it's been around since like the late sixties, still puts out music. But yeah, this is his most famous one. This is the one with uh with the song that that uh the song Taj Mahal, the one that Rod Stewart ripped off and huh. made super famous. And then Jorge Ben sued him and won because it was like such a blatant ripoff. So yeah, he sued Rod Stewart and won. I mean, how fucking cool is that? He thought he could push him around, but you know, exactly. But fucking Jorge Ben killed it. And Don't forget too, that, that Sergio, Sergio Mendez and his Brazil 66, their first album when they were like an official group, their first album was a cover, or the, their big hit from their first album was a cover of of, uh, of Jorge. Was it really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, Nice. Yeah. I don't know oh, if that song is on so. your album, but yeah, that's, that's that's one of their first like biggest hits that kind of like cemented them in that realm. I think uh, Africa Brazil, I think that's like his fifth record. Fourth or fifth? Yeah, I think it came out in 72, so it sounds about right. Considering like how much music artists would put out back then. Like two a year, so yeah, it's probably like his fourth or fifth record. But um, badam, badam. Badam. <laughs> also uh, from program. That's where I went yesterday. I also got a Vandals record, another Vandals record. Another one. Uh, I got Fear of a Punk Planet, banger of an album. Very happy with it. Listened to it already. Killer, one of their best. Let's just say that. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, also, six, I got top top seven, even top seven out of eleven or something <laughs> like that. How many fucking records they have? I think it's eleven records. Uh, so yeah, then we have. I got a record store day purchase. I didn't buy it on record store day. I bought it yesterday at program because fuck record store day. But I really wanted this one, and I got Ravi Shankar. I got his uh, his Chance of India. This apparently was never. It's this is the first time it's ever been pressed on vinyl. Uh, it's a great record. It was produced by George Harrison from the Beatles. And um yeah, man, it's killer. Ravi Shankar, man. I love I love the sitar. I love Indian music. So I've this is my second Ravi Shankar album I've got. First one I got was Live at the Monterey Pop Festival, and then I got this one. So this is a double LP. It's a big one. It's a big one. This was this was left over from the previous days? From yeah, from Saturday, yeah. It was mm, left okay. over. It was one of the leftovers. They actually had a lot of leftovers. Surprising, but none of like the big ones, like you were saying, like Tyler the Creator. Like there was no the Cure was a big one, but that the Billie Eilish one that people for some reason fucking no. Wait, I think climbing over each other for. No, I think they had Billie Eilish. No, they had one from last year. I think it wasn't. It wasn't from this year. Weird, but yeah, no, they they saw they saw a lot of stuff left over. But anyway, so I got that one. And then I got two more. I got two more. That, and that's it. I got Anti-Mask. Finally got my fucking Anti-Mask record. Thanks to the Postal Service. Uh, so, yeah, finally came in. Sounds great. No, no issues with it at all. I'm very happy I got it. Because anything Omar related, if you can get it, you should get it. Because you got to pick it up. It. And they're expensive. You got to pick it up, man. They are. All of this shit is expensive. I, tried, I, tried, <laughs> I wanted to get Relationship of Command. That shit's fucking expensive, too. I haven't looked at that so one yet. So stupid. 
Yeah, it's expensive, man. I imagine and, like and thirty to forty bucks. No, it's like I think it's like seventy. Oh God. Yeah. So I mean, that's why I picked up Interalia uh, when I first started collecting because I'm like everything Omar related is expensive, so I might as well pick up this at the driving record now, in case I won't be able to pick it up later. So that's what I did. Cause, and that's also a banger of a record. So, but yeah, Anti Mask got the self titled record, their only record. So that leads me to my my pick of the week. Fucking finally, right? Finally, I got um, I picked up this in the uh, in the um, the bargain bin because the guy at the record store was telling me, oh yeah, he does he he does a lot he did a lot for Exotica Music as well, and then he said you should pick up some of his stuff too. But he said just go to the bargain bin because there's a bunch of his stuff there and to be cheaper than buying in this in the exotica section so uh i picked up this one i picked up the album going places it's his fifth record uh came out i think in 1965 if i'm not mistaken and uh yeah i picked the song spanish flea which apparently is one of his most famous songs and i i had when i was playing the record i'm like fuck did i know this song i could not figure it out and then come to find out, like, the reason why I know is because Tim Conway Jr. always used to play it on his on his radio show. <laughs> like, whenever they like they needed, like, downtime music to, like, look something up, they would play this song. And then I read more about it, but it was just, like, they was on that show, The Dating Game, which was very popular, too. But, uh, but yeah, so here's Spanish Flea by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. There you go. Herb Albert and the Tijuana Press. And the song Spanish Flea. There you go. So good. Ah, it is I really good. It is, it is, I love that trumpet. It is solid stuff. I have like I have like five or six 45s from him. From like a lot that we bought. So Of course. Yeah. Of course. I only kept Always. it because it said Tijuana Brass. And I was like, okay, maybe there's some like Spanish influence because I thought Herb Alpert was a very like boring white person name. <laughs> Just by looking at it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Without no yeah, no, no context whatsoever. But I'm glad I I'm glad I kept some of them. It's good stuff, man. This this record going places is really good. And at the record store that I go to, he uh in the bargain bin, there's like four of them there. Like just spread out through through the bargain bin. So th- a lot of people have given this one up, but that it's fucking killer, man. That same album was in the 2000 lot that we bought too. I I, I pulled that one aside. Oh, did you really? Nice. Yep. Same exact album, babe boy. <laughs> so it's damn so good. good. 
Ah, oh, fuck, man. Have you listened to it yet? The, the entire record? No, I no, not not yet, not yet, not yet. That that one song that reminds me of like, it's like elevator music, but if you were in the <laughs> elevator and like, oh, this is just like elevator music, and then you, after like a second or two, you're like, holy shit, wait, this is really fucking good. And then you like scrambling <laughs> to pull out your phone for Shazam or something to to like record it because it was that good, but it's also yeah. that seemingly generic. <laughs> it really is. It's it's weird. Like yeah, I agree with you. Like you shouldn't like it, but it's really it's that good. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> boy, boy, oh boy. Well, that that's all I got for for the vinyls. Okay, for the vinyl stuff. That was good. That was a good haul today. So for this week. Dude, I know, I know. Great haul. All right, so let's get into some new music and other happenings in the music world. Is there anything you want to play? Because there are two things I want to play uh, that I'm going to play. Let me hold on. All right, so if I had to pick, if I had to pick two things, I hope you don't want to play Jello B Offer because even though it was good, it's it's like the same stuff too. You've been hearing, you've been putting on here for <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks. But the color of love. I think it was pretty goddamn good. Okay. And and I think I think what's going on by Rare Futures was also like my second biggest hit off of this week's list. That's color me surprised. Both of those color you want to play? Actually, I I wanted to play I wanted to play the Jello song oh and I wanted God, to play, play one of the SP We've songs. heard one, we've heard them all. But, but we won't. But we Give won't. Give it a rest. We won't. We'll we'll um I'll, I'll decide what we're gonna play and and then hopefully you won't you won't be <laughs> the so video fussy. is funny like I get it I, it's funny it's <laughs> it's it's quirky <laughs> but dude he's been doing this for for decades now it's not bad but it's it's if you've, you you heard one you heard them all okay well before we get into the new songs the new some new albums uh, that came out Metallica they put out their S and M Part Two so this is the long awaited one that. You know, everybody or a lot of a lot of Metallica fans wanted them to do this again. After so many, after like twenty five years, they did it again, and uh, so they just put that out. I haven't listened to it yet, but the first one is fucking killer. Uh, do you know anything about the S and M? No, just uh, S and M Airlines. That's it. <laughs> well, <laughs> S and M. You might actually be interested in this because you you're a Metallica man now, but uh, but um, but um, the S and M thing was they they hired like the san francisco symphony orchestra or whatever you call it and they they play like a two and a half hour set accompanied by this orchestra and they was in frisco it it was in frisco yeah Yeah, i I remember this or i I remember at least we talked about this or i i know of this now you know of this yeah. yeah so they 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 changed they added a it was just it's a really really cool and interesting performance especially from a band like Metallica, like their, their rendition of master of puppets was really, really cool. Like mixing the, the, all that, the big band stuff to, to the symphony stuff. Dude, it's, it's really weird, but it sounds really good. And it, it sounds surprisingly good. Like if you've never heard the S and M album, you should definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. Cause I think you would, you would at least appreciate it whether or not you'd like like half the songs or not, but I think you'd appreciate it more than anything. Okay. But anyway, they, they did it again, but they added obviously more uh, recent songs because they've come out with like three albums since then. So, um, so there you go. Go check it out. S&M part two. 
Power Man 5000, Jeff's like one of his favorite bands for whatever oh, here reason. Here we go again. Uh, they, they put out a new record called The Noble Rod. <laughs> I'm sure you listen to it because you love them so much. I don't. You do, though. That's the thing. Oh, you my fucking goodness. Do. Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Goodness gracious me. So they put out a new one. Uh, like Jeff was, you know, having a fit over a few minutes ago, Jello Biafra <laughs> and the Guantanamo School of Medicine, uh, they put out a new song called We Created Putin. I won't play it because I don't want another meltdown from Jeff. Because it sounds like everything else they've done. <laughs> so, yeah, they put out a new one. Go check it out. It's fucking good, though. It is good. And the video's funny. And watching Putin dance like that, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, yeah, it was okay. Good. It was you know? good. It was good, man. It Push yourself, good. bro. Good for, good for Jello. That's what he does best. Why, why fuck with him? Yeah, one trick pony. It's a good trick, but he's a one trick. It's song. a great trick. Fantastic trick. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. That's true. Know? Okay, uh John Nolan, the uh the guitar player for Taking Back Sunday, the current guitar player of Taking Back Sunday, I should say. He uh he put out a a Bruce Springsteen cover of the song American Skit. I wasn't familiar with of uh, with that Spring Springsteen wow. song. Can't even speak. Yeah. Can't even speak. I just I didn't really I thought it was okay. It wasn't bad, right? Yeah, at best. You <laughs> thought was, it was okay? Yeah, I mean, I it, there wasn't even enough for me there to, to go and listen to the Bruce Springsteen version. Yeah, same here, same here. I, I, I don't get Springsteen. I don't I don't get it. I just do not get it, why people like him so much. So it's tight jeans. I guess it's his lyrics. The tight jeans, the, um, that's it. I don't even know. I just don't get it. <laughs> uh, okay, so... This next one here, Smashing Pumpkins. They put out two new songs this last week uh, to go along with their new album that's going to be coming out probably within the next month and a half or so. They haven't, they don't have a release date yet, but yeah, they put out two new songs. One of them is called I don't even know how to pronounce it, but maybe Sir Sire, C Y R, Ker Kyer. I don't know. How do you how do you think you pronounce that? I would say Sir because I feel like the Sir, sir. Is, an also, is also a word. This is like a cute way of spelling, sir. All right. And yeah, Billy Corgan's great. So they put out that one. And then they also put out another song called The Color of Love. And this is the one that Jeff likes more, well, which the, I'm surprised, Jeff, you like any, either of them. Sir, sir sounded like Smashing Pumpkins. I, I said, okay, this is clearly Smashing Pumpkins. I get it. The Color of Love, I, I double checked it a couple times. I was like, this, what the fuck? Like, is this featuring Billy Corgan? Is this... Again, I'm not a Smashing Pumpkin man. I don't know if they've gravitated towards the sound ever in their career, but this was very different. And this, I don't know, man. It was very like '80s and, and but not bad '80s. Like, and then speaking of '80s too, when we get further down the line here, but it was just it was just very like ambient and and, and almost electronic. It was mm-hmm. cool. Maybe you should get more into the pumpkins. Maybe you should, be, you should become more of a pumpkinsman. This is like the opposite of all of their biggest hits that I fucking can't stand. Of their biggest hits. Correct. That's uh, that's yeah, a very well. true statement. I'm not, I'm not ready to dive in yet. I'm, <laughs> not I'm still, yet, but I'm still but dipping my toes. I'm, I'm in the shallow end. I'm on the first step. Like, <laughs> I'm up to my ankles. It's. It, I mean, I'm I'm shocked that you're even this close. I mean, the fact that you even listened to their first album blew my mind. <laughs> It was just blew my mind that you even listened to that. And then you even liking one of these two songs because they're so wildly different from what was on Gish. 
I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like you're, you're, you're evolving. Like this, this evolution, usually this type of evolution takes years. This has been like a month. <laughs> like you, you've evolved in, you've evolved years worth in one month. It's, rem- it's truly remarkable. It's, it's unseen. It's unheard of. But anyway, I'm talking too much. I'm, I always talk too much. All right. So here's the color of love from the Smashing Pumpkins. There you go. The color of love from the Smashing Pumpkins. New Smashing Pumpkins. Still can't believe, man. Still can't believe it that you believe that you like that. Believe that. Damn, it's cool too because like the this these new songs are going to be on the album. the The second part of the, like kind of their concept album, the shiny and oh so bright. So like the first part that's already been out for the last couple like year and a half. That was like very much more rock based, and from what it sounds like, the second part, the second part of this this double album, is going to be more of this. I would assume this very like black audio sounding style, which is cool. I prefer more of the rock stuff, but this is still really cool. I like this a lot. Hmm. But I think the the song "Sir," I, I like that song better. To be honest with you, of course you do. It sounds like it sounds there. like Smashing Pumpkins, like generic Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> It does not. That's cool. It's so good. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. I, you'll, I'll. I'm gonna. I'll convert you to a <laughs> to a pumpkinsman. You'll get there. Oh, you'll yeah. get there. The pumpkin king. You're like Jack the Pumpkin King over here, dude. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but <laughs> what? No. Why would I even wish that? No. Uh, so the next thing we have here, the bouncing souls. They put out a. Uh, cover of their own song or a reworking of their song ghost on the boardwalk and it was kind of acoustic but not right yeah it was weird it's, it wasn't Would acoustic you, but it kind of it i have very okay. i have very strict guidelines for what i consider acoustic and this was not acoustic. that's true yeah you're you're very yeah you're a stickler for that mm-hmm. so what did you think of it it was fine yeah right it just 
like why why this song like the whole like something's got to go on with I don't know this like this song really yeah I know it doesn't make what? sense but I guess they're they're doing like an what is it like an EP or not a full length but a, an EP I think like a crucial moments like, type of thing is that what it is I or wait, wait well, was that the EP or was that yeah the, there was like five okay. six songs yeah crucial it was, it was a good EP though. Solid. Yeah, but this is like just re this this whatever they're coming out with is gonna be just like reworkings of everything of older stuff. If this is what they're starting with, then I'm I'm concerned already. <laughs> You're concerned, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next thing we have here is William Shatner featuring featuring Richie Blackmore from your your new favorite band Deep Purple. Oh yeah. Formerly of Deep Purple, I should say. Uh and they put out a song called The Thrill Is Gone. I actually it was much better than I thought it was gonna be. It was it was actually pretty cool, but you probably hated it, right? It's fine. I mean, it's because you think you're just like so cool now. This is exactly what I thought a song featuring William Shatner would be sounding like. <laughs> it's yeah, like to a fucking T. Like it's cool, man. I, I get. I mean, it. he's he's done like the same thing every album. So I mean, I've only liked him in like one song. No, you loved his Christmas album. When I did, did that, not right? like his. I did not love his Christmas oh, album. Jeff, you loved his Christmas album. No, I did not love his Christmas album. I'm gonna go album. back. There's gonna one go back song that he's done that I think is fantastic. Everything else is okay at best. You're a son of a gun. At best, you're a son of a gun. All right, the next thing we have here is this band called Rare Futures. They, uh, if you don't know who they are, the one of the old guitar players from Take It Back Sunday, Matt Fozzie. After he was fired from, after him and the other Matt were fired from Taking Back Sunday back in 2011, they, um, or Matt Fozzie started this new band called Happy Body Slow Brain. They put out an amazing record and then they changed the name of the band to Rare Futures and they put out another amazing, really amazing record and I think like one EP and then they kind of just like were playing shows before everything went down and then they decided to do this these two acoustic covers of these very popular songs and i thought both of them were fantastic so one of them was everybody wants to rule the world i thought it was a fantastic cover and then they also did uh what's going on another another absolute banger right absolutely <laughs> Not like the originals or, or the covers it. well both actually both are the originals and covers are great okay so so I guess starting with the with I, is that Tears for Fears some eighties band everybody wants yeah, to rule the world, rule the world. Yeah, it's Tears for Fears. I think yeah. I think the original I think the original song is is fantastic. I think it's so good, and it's it's weird because I don't really like eighties music that much. Yeah, same here. But I mean, their version was great. Like it was fine. It was it was fantastic. And listening to it in order, how you wrote it, I was like, damn, this is a fucking solid cover. But when they hit like Marvin Gaye's fucking song what's going on i was just blown away it was i was blown away i was truly blown away it was great i mean especially coming from like like that album itself that that what's going on album i mean we're talking like one of the greatest like r&b albums of all time possibly i'm not a huge fan of r&b but i do know that that album is absolutely phenomenal and their rendition of it was just i thought it was rad i thought it was so cool it was very ambitious and they killed it. They did. They absolutely did. 
Oh man, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, see, this is another thing, man. You're 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 evolving. You're still evolving, even in little ways like this. Fuck out! You're liking bands. This fucking guy right you're, here. You're, tell me I'm fucking. You're evolving. liking. You're liking bands that you've once hated on. You know, this even leads back to the old Taking Back Sunday episode we did, when you hated New again, like years ago, and then we we, we ranked all their albums like what was a few months ago, and you're like, oh, New again's so great. I think that just shows. My ability to, you know, I, I've, I've, I've hubris. Is that, is that, is that the right word? I, I, I accept when I've been wrong. <laughs> and I think that's the difference between either of us is because I can accept when I'm wrong and I can accept when something I, th- I once thought was bad is now good. But you hold on to these, these albums I can do that, that, are, too. That, are, that are good no matter what. And I already know what your vandal rankings are going to be. So we can just, skip those because they probably See, haven't changed since the dawn of time i'm thinking i'm thinking you're wrong actually i know you're wrong in thinking that but anyway but so yeah here's here's rare futures and uh here's their rendition of what's going on because it's pretty damn good so here we go <laughs> There you go, Rare Futures and their cover of What's Going On from Marvin Gaye. Killer stuff, man. Killer stuff. Why do you why did you hate that? Why did you think it was bad? I love that. <laughs> I thought th- I think they're a great fucking band, man. They're great. All you've done is talk shit on this band. They're, over the years. I mean, if they, if everything they put out is, is this good, then yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll get down. They 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 have a they have a good they have a rare future as a good cover band. <laughs> I love his voice too, man. He has such a he has a cool he has a great voice. Very and I just looked up it is, it really is. And I looked up um like I said before, the, the original name of the band was called Happy Body Slow Brain. And I looked up the that record, that one record they put out called Dream of Water on Discogs. The cheapest is like after shipping, the cheapest is like fifty to fifty five bucks. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I dude, I would love to have this on vinyl. 
It's such a fucking great record. Good old love Discogs. Album. Love this album, Killer Dream of Water. Dreams. That's what it's called. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so there you go. That's it for new music. Uh, the only other thing I have here, uh, news-wise, because music news is slow because of the quarantine stuffs. Uh, Dropkick Murphys, they, what is it, the bass player? Does he own, is he the one that yeah. owns the bar? Ken Casey. Ken Casey, yeah. He, uh, they announced that, or he announced that the bar that he owns is closing down, shutting down for good because they're not making any money because of all this stuff. So that sucks. That's got to be like a, a strategic close down. I just can't imagine them not being able to afford to keeping it open longer. You know what I mean? Like they're, but why, they're not. They don't make. It's not like they make a ton of money, you know. I think they they're make more money than you probably. No, for sure, not millionaires. But they're not millionaires. But they're not. They, but they. But like the way that city supports them and the way they are kind of just a part of that city now. I I don't know. It's just it's weird. Like what the hell? Unless unless I just I'm severely underestimating how hard the impact has been for the, this whole coronavirus COVID nineteen thing. I think you're underestimating. That, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. There, there are places that are way smaller that are no name that have struggled and have been able to survive, are still surviving. But like this one, it's been over twelve years for a band that that makes a good living. Like yeah, they're not true. millionaires, but they make a good living. They're hundred thousandaires. But then also, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I probably believe that, yeah. But also, a lot of places are shutting down. We we're seeing it everywhere, man. Look at we've even talked about it on the pod, like these these iconic venues that we would never have thought would ever shut down, are talking about shutting down. You know, or or like iconic places, like here in in Orange County. Like remember, I told you a couple of weeks ago that that famous bar in Laguna Beach, the White House, that's been around for like a hundred years. Yeah. You know, they they completely shut down. They they sold everything, and I was in there, and they they were literally gut literally gutting the entire fucking place. Like everything was gone. Everything yeah, the, was fucking gone. The difference is that's their only like the White House. That's its only source of income. This bar has another source of income through its owner, who has an actual job. He he makes a decent amount of money at they can funnel back into the bar. So it has to just been like a like I'm not making any money now. I don't really care too much. So I'm just in, I'm gonna cut my loss right now. Type of thing. yeah, but that, that's still being impacted severely because it's like he would rather just be able to keep his money rather than throwing his money into a sinking ship. You know, it's just well, a sinking ship like is he, implying yeah, he, that he no could. matter what is going down. No, and that's not the case. Because at this point, we don't at know. At this point, every, everything is going down. There's like no. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about that shit. He was. He was. He, this is like the last sign of hope. The last. The, the last hope of the rebellion was this. <laughs> this is like as if Luke did not destroy the Death Star and, and the New Hope, and he like it's like Vader actually sniped him and he died. Sniped him. <laughs> yeah. That's oh it. god crushed that's it i don't know all right I don't, I don't, I don't. yeah i got nothing else here so let's go um let's go go check out the main episode because we're getting into the vandals record live fast diarrhea fantastic record so go do that 
Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening. It's it's been fun. It's been fun. Let's just say that. So that's it. That's all. Awesome.